Happy Tuesday evening and welcome back to another Power Up Session right here on TDN Radio. You are now tuned in to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. So as you know, this is the place we come every Tuesday to get energized and powered up for the week ahead and today is no exception. Uh, We also use this time together to remind ourselves of the important life goals that we have set out for ourselves and especially since today is September 20th so we have one more week left in September so this is a great time to look back and to take a stock of what you may have done in September to move your goal forward so what is that important goal that you're working on for 2022 that you're hoping that you will be able to complete uh, before the end of 2022. So that is what we are here to discuss every Tuesday on Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. So I always look forward to our time together because I think our goals motivate us. Our goals give us energy. Our goals give us purpose. So whether it is the goal to maybe, you know, see your children through school, to lose some weight, to get your finances together we all have life goals that we're trying to achieve and so TDN radio offers this program to get us energized and excited about those life goals and to keep us focused on those life goals so whether it's only on Tuesday you know you pull out that goal and you try to make a phone call or you try to send an email it is working towards the goal so I hope that you use every Tuesday of the week to keep yourself motivated on your goal. So as always, we have a great interview for you. Um, We will skip the tip of the week this week because I want to play this and most of this interview um, for you. And then we will also have a featured video of the week this week as well. So I want to invite you again to the program. It is great to be here with you. I hope that your week is off to a great start. Uh, We always start the program on a note of gratitude. So what do you grateful for today we woke up this morning that is a great place to get started and just what are you grateful for today so today i'm grateful because it is already fall break for sophia yep imagine that already you know (laughs) georgia is always ahead on the school calendar so she started school back in august august 1st the first week of august and so it is already fall break here in georgia so she has the entire week off this week and I plan to use the time to catch up on a few ends and um, ends and odds that I've been putting up so this is a great time not having to shuffle back and forth um, to school to just be able to spend some time working on a few things and we took a little mini vacation ran down to Florida for the weekend just to kind of um, sneak in <laughs> a last vacation for the quote-unquote summer, although this is already the end of September. So grateful for life, grateful for family, grateful for friends. So I ask you today, what are you grateful for? So as we get the program started, let us enjoy this number from Taris Riley, My Day, which is one of my favorite songs. So let's enjoy this number from Taris Riley, and then we will go 
straight into a portion of the interview for this week. And with all the uh, all what has been going on with the police in Dominica, I thought this week we could have the opportunity to listen to an interview where we invited um, members from the different law enforcement. Um, agencies, one from Dominica, Mr. Nicholas George, uh, Lieutenant Rene Francis from the NYPD, and Dr. David Michael from Scotland Yard in England to just talk about the best practices in police work because I think we have this very acrimonious relationship with the police in Dominica where it always feels like it's us versus them with regards to the police in Dominica. Dominica, and it's just not a good relationship. So I thought we could have this uh, panel discussion on how exactly do we improve relations with the Dominica police force. So I want to bring you uh, that interview and then stay tuned for our featured video of the week and come back so we can wind down the program for yet another day. So let's enjoy this number from Taras Riley, My Day, and then we will go straight Straight into our yeah. Hey, <laughs> give thanks for life. Give thanks for life. Chimney, chimney. Today, my rise like the sunrise, my bright and my upright. No one can broke my vibes. I may not care who I fight, I know I criticize, I'm on a higher height So you can say what you want to and do what you want to, it's no concern to me Because I have my own vision, me depend on my own mission to rule my destiny Oh it's my day to do anything I want to It's my time and I'll use it anyway tonight, I think it is important to have a better understanding of just what are we referring to when we talk about law enforcement. So here's the question for the panel. Um, let us begin by putting into perspective the role and the function 
of law enforcement. Let's talk about the various departments which encompasses law enforcement. What are the various roles of each department? So let's hand it over to the panel as we begin the conversation. What is law enforcement? Um, I guess I'll start it off. I would say in its, um, I would say as a basic statement, overall, law enforcement is ensuring that the public is safe as well as the police officers and it's ensuring that laws are followed um and to me it's also encompasses community policing to ensure that laws are followed where we utilize the community to get to the end goal which is ensuring the safety so it comes down to safety and it comes down to ensuring the laws are not broken and that's how you get the overall goal and that's what i see law enforcement as that's the basic statement i have for that yes thank you for that uh, lieutenant dr michael mr george well in the dominica context um i think uh law enforcement is enshrined in the constitution of dominica and the dominica police act the Dominica Police Act explicitly um, details the rights and responsibilities of the Commissioner of Police, the Chief of Police, in uh, uh, maintaining discipline and directing the officers of the Dominica Police Force. The uh, Dominica Police Act also expressly states the oath of office that every police officer in Dominica takes on their appointment. And uh, so law enforcement uh, includes crime prevention, crime detection, crime detection and bringing offenders to justice. And as much as the constitution and the laws charges the law enforcement uh, and the law protectors with those responsibilities. They cannot do it without the help, support and participation of local residents and citizens and uh, people in neighborhoods. So, uh, Law enforcement means that those who take the oath of office and those who get paid to protect us under the law and according to their oath of office and according to the mission statement, the Dominica Police Force should be doing that efficiently and effectively. Very well said. Thank you, Mr. George. Yeah, law enforcement uh, requires that uh, those persons engaged, the police officers engaged, employed to enforce the law, first must obey. Okay, so uh, they are not free to disobey the law because they are enforcing it. They must enforce it with obedience from themselves first. They must be the example because the enforcement require is, is imposing that duty on the citizenship to act responsibly, respectfully, and to obey the laws of the land. That's what you want in the country. So therefore, to enforce the law, you need the cooperation of the citizenry. To do that, you need their respect. To get the respect of the citizenry in law enforcement, you must earn it. The police officer must earn it. And the citizen must also see the police officer as a law enforcer who has earned respect and therefore can speak to them with authority. If, they, if this bond is not there, then you, you, you have law enforcement, but you have it selectively, you have it abusively, and you have it discriminatively. And uh, it is law enforcement, it's just that you may not achieve the modicum of peace and law and order that you require within a society. 
Yes, thank you for that. So I think we're already seeing that we're saying that law enforcement is not only about protecting against, protection against criminals and predators and those with uh, nefarious intentions, but I think we can all agree that it is about safety and security and people feeling safe, people not feeling fearful of the police, not feeling fearful that they will become victims of the police like we saw today. And I have to go back to the case um, today because it sounds like this was an unprovoked attack where the young man was simply not wearing a mask. And from what we're hearing, there were police officers right there in the court not wearing masks. Yet this one police officer chose to attack this young man for simply not wearing his case. And I think sometimes, you know, we spend a lot of times criticizing Americans, but what we, we would have seen in a case like that would have been a press conference where the police department is talking about how this person is going to be disciplined. This police officer is going to be disciplined for violating the rights of this young man, but we haven't heard anything from the police department. So even before we get into the conversation, guys, I think, what are your thoughts on what we see in Dominica in terms of police transparency, in terms of when something happens that is of concern to the citizens, we see the police come out in quick time to inform us so that we continue to feel safe, we continue feel, to feel protected. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, I'd like to come in here because the matter you have brought up it sounds very disturbing. Yes, it is. Um, what I wouldn't like to do is to broad brush the whole of the Dominica police force because of one incident, however Absolutely. awful it's. And uh, as you say, uh, uh, unfortunately, some of us haven't had the opportunity to hear the full facts. So it doesn't sound right. Um, Part of the duties of the chief of police, the commissioner, uh, and it's expressly stated in the Police Act of Dominica, is to keep good order of the Dominica police force. So he's, uh, he's mandated by law to keep uh, a disciplined uh, and effective uh, police force. And so if anything, it has, uh, and what I can be clear about is that, uh, again, the laws may uh, provide that officers can use force in certain circumstances, but what is totally not access acceptable under any circumstances is the use of excessive force uh, beyond the rule of law. Yes, thank you for that. So, Lieutenant, um, what do you think would have been the response in a case like that where um, a citizen's right was clearly violated, what would have been the NYPD's response? Would they have made at least a statement to the public to say that we're investigating the matter, that we've called in the, the officer, he's potentially on desk duty? What would have been the response of the NYPD? Um, I mean, in kind of like what Dr. Michael spoke about, um, the difficulties of analyzing these situations is having multiple different sources, but also not necessarily having all the facts. So in that case, we hear, oh, there was someone who wasn't wearing a mask. A police officer approached and used excessive force, and that was it. We generally don't get every single step unless there's some sort of video evidence, some sort of body-worn camera that shows, oh, it was an approach where he initially asked correctly and said, hey, please wear your mask. Then what happens is in that interaction, a lot of sometimes many people distrust the police officers. So they're already on the defense and then they engage in a basically a, a, a verbal back and forth. Tensions are raised. Officers now feel unsafe. And then now a force option is used. So sometimes we see what we see or what we heard is not actually what occurred. And so sometimes we have to be careful of not um, um, right away prosecuting the officers without even getting an interview. So in larger police departments like the NYPD or LAPD, generally we won't, or generally a statement would be put out until we've analyzed all the facts. 
Right. So we would have already interviewed all the officers on scene. We mm -hmm. uh, we would have interviewed, um, you know, civilians on scene. We would have pulled video evidence. Where then we would have looked at, okay, who is at fault? Um, and then we would put out a press conference. But I will say this, a lot of police departments, um, just to maintain the peace, won't necessarily put out any statements unless there is um, an uproar, as if there's a public outcry. So you don't necessarily come straight out and put out a press conference just because of video surface. You know, because at the end of the day, we still have to investigate before we put out the facts because you don't want to prosecute someone without giving them an opportunity to tell you what actually occurred. So in that same that situation, there were multiple videos that showed the officer didn't have the right to use force in that scenario. And there was public outcry. There should have been a statement by the police officers, not the police officers, but the police commissioner saying we're looking into this matter. It doesn't look well. We have already placed him off patrol. That way, the citizens feel this won't be repeated um, right away or again, and then they can, you know, go further. But I think sometimes we rush to judgment based on what we've heard, but sometimes we don't get the full story. And I think that's why body one camera plays such a critical role in ensuring that the public sees the entire story, because most, I would say, most citizens have some sort of fear with the police. And so they're quick to say, no, it was the police officer's fault. And then I know you also mentioned that other officers weren't wearing masks as well. So then there's this, this talk about why is it that they don't get to wear masks, but we have to wear masks. And so right away, the approach is going to be adversarial because like, you know, Mr. George says, you, you can't enforce something that you yourself aren't following. So there's already some sort of like discrepancy going on with the cops. So now the police, the public don't, you know, they don't feel like they have to follow it because the cops aren't following it. So for me, I think the proper response should have been, regardless of public outcry, for me, I would have put out a statement saying we're looking into the matter, but I wouldn't necessarily err on the side of the public right away because your police officers also have to feel like, you know, they're trusted to do their job. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't convict quickly without reviewing evidence. And that's, that's what I think. Um, yeah, and some really great points, um, Lieutenant. So thank for that, because I, I do agree that sometimes there's a rush to judgment in terms of the behavior of the police department. But I think it, at the end of the day, it boils down to trust. Because I think if there's a trust in relationship between the citizens and the police, then we are more apt to say, well, you know what, let us take a step back like you um, encouraged us to do and let us talk to the other detectives, the other police officers, the other eyewitness that may have been there. But we seem to have a history in Dominica where the police just never reports back to us. So, so we never even have the opportunity to get a statement to say, well, we're looking into it. We're not going to rush to judgment like you recommended. But there's just always seems to be silence. So, Mr. George, thank you, Lieutenant. So, Mr. George, I want to come over to you for your thoughts. And just to ask you, because you were once a member of the police department in Dominica, has a police officer ever been convicted of violating the civil rights of a Dominican in Dominica? Yes, the answer is yes. Good. Uh, um, fortunately for us in Dominica, the only institution that investigates itself in Dominica, in the public service, and even the private sector, is the police force. All right? And they do a very good job about, uh, of that. So the, the regulations are enforced. Uh, disciplinary tribunals are appointed. Uh, police officers are prosecuted before the courts. So not only before disciplinary tribunals, but they are prosecuted uh, before the courts where they're found to be accused of serious offenses. And these are investigated. I, I myself um, endured that. So I had to stand before a magistrate's court and be asked to plead guilty or not guilty. So I, I wouldn't say I was a victim. I would say that I was a police officer who had been investigated. So that happens. Um, in terms of the incident that you're talking about, uh, one has to say that there is a growing disconnect between the police in Dominica and the citizenry. Mm -hmm. 
and the accusations are rampant and why. And it is incumbent on the chief of police and his command to pay attention to the comments that are coming out from the public and to address them in a manner that builds confidence between the police and the citizenry. If you, uh, if the command fails to do that, then they are failing the very officers who are on the beat. Okay, they are allowing the officers to get away with an attitude of entitlement, that I'm entitled to, to um, protection from my commander, I'm entitled to non-investigations, I'm entitled to promotions that I do not deserve and so on. And therefore you begin a rot. Okay, so whilst I do not want to cast judgment on what may have happened at the court today, I believe there is sufficient evidence in the public in Dominica that requires a, probably another inquiry into the police force. And another point is, as an institution, the Dominica police force is the most inquired into in, in the country. So you've hardly heard of a commission of inquiry, inquiry into the acts of permanent secretaries in the public service, where monies are assigned to them as accounting officers. And in my view, they fail to account for it through the parliamentary process and nothing happens. That doesn't happen in the police force. So you have had several commissions of inquiry within the police force inquiring into the actions of police officers Police officers have been charged, uh, some have been dismissed disciplinarily, and so on. So, the, the, so I would rather to, to speak on the issue of building confidence between the police and the citizenry. Policing is a partnership between the police and the citizenry. And I, I think we, we started the conversation with the word enforcement, law enforcement. Probably we need to change it. I was there and that is what I was trained to do and that is what I did. But um, we may need to probably consider changing it to law obedience, obedience to the law. So we need to teach and continue to teach and educate our citizenry that there is a responsibility on everyone to obey the law. So the first responsibility is not that of the police really, is that of the citizenry to understand that their role in building a state requires them to obey the laws that are passed. Now, then that raises another issue. If the laws are, in their view, unjust, what do they do about it? So, uh, Dr. Matthew, you spoke uh, to Lieutenant Commander Rennie and asked her about what would have happened in the United States. And, Dr. Michael, in, in the United Kingdom, what has happened in the United States and the United Kingdom is you have vibrant advocacy groups that um, through the media and through other civic groups that keep these issues alive and challenge the status quo. So it would have forced the Metropolitan Police in London to respond to even that issue as well as it would have forced the LAPD to respond and the NYPD to respond to a, an issue as simple as that, because the citizenry has taken on its responsibility to obey the law, to cooperative law enforcement, and require the law enforcers the, to respect the laws themselves and to respect the citizenry. Can I, can, I just quickly, yes. can I just quickly say that the case you have uh, described, it does sound disturbing, mm -hmm. but I think that doesn't mean that police officers, however serious the allegation, they are still entitled to their presumption of innocence under the law mm -hmm. while an investigation is embarked on. And I think it may not necessarily, it doesn't matter what the jurisdiction is, it may not necessarily have resulted in a press conference, but it certainly would merit reassurance from a senior officer that the matter's been taken, taken seriously and it is being investigated. And whatever has or hasn't happened in public 
I seriously hope that a senior officer has spoken to the person who's been allegedly assaulted to reassure them that the matter is being investigated and being taken seriously. Yes, thank you for yes, that. Um, yes, go ahead, Mr. George. Michael, Dr. Michael, uh, the issue of trust arises in policing. So the police officers in and of themselves will not be able to carry out the duties completely if they don't have the trust of the citizenry because they're not present on crime scenes. They respond to crime scenes. And therefore you need the trust and confidence of the citizenry to um, assist in the investigations that will arise out of something happening at the crime scene. And I totally agree with you that the police officer has to be presumed innocent until proven guilty, and that he has to have due process applied. I agree with you, and that has happened to me. I, I use myself as reference, okay? But at this stage, I think the point that Dr. Matthew is bringing out, at the stage we are at in Dominica currently, there has to be confidence building measures in law enforcement in Dominica currently. Okay, so um, what may have happened or will happen in metropolitan England and, and, and New York it has grown over decades. Ours need to be addressed because the citizenry, and that's the sense I'm getting, is getting less and less trustworthy of police officers. And that is not a situation you want in a small country with a small population such as ours. You do not want it anywhere in the world. We definitely do not want it in Dominica. And while the, the, the commissioner may not address that particular incident, the, 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 the body of evidence, public information that is out there, should be of concern to the commissioner of police and confidence building measures ought to be engaged and applied within the Dominican um, jurisdiction so as to build trust and to maintain that trust. If to do otherwise is to, be, is to behave as if I am the law. Yes, Lieutenant uh, Commander, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mr. George. And you must obey when I tell you to. No. To form the state, the citizenry has to be educated to their responsibility. That has to happen. It is the responsibility of the leadership of the country to continually educate citizens to their responsibility. When that is done, more than half of the police work is done. We will agree that the, the police does not really police the entire community, you know. So I have a question. Yes, go ahead, Lieutenant. So, again, part of my ignorance, generally in larger there's going to be some sort of oversight in any sort of use of force, right? So yeah. for an example, in New York, whenever you put hands on someone and you use force to either forcibly take them down, you use a hand strike, foot strike, you use any sort of less lethal weapon, or you use a weapon, there's a report that has to be done and a supervisor has to respond. And then it either gets investigated at the basic precinct level or it goes up to internal affairs and then some sort of you know reprimand happens or they're deemed um, not guilty. So I'm not sure, going back to the point like, yes, it's always great to inform the public that we're looking into it. But as Mr. George says too, if there's no accountability, not just public accountability, but if there's no internal accountability of, okay, this is what happens when you put hands on someone. You have to account for every time you have some sort of physical interaction with the public. Most police officers that want to keep their job, that want to keep their pay or their vacation days, will make sure they're acting a certain way because they know there's going to be some level of oversight. A supervisor has to say, 
yes, this was an appropriate level use of force. Or, hey, you have to be suspended for this because this was excessive. So I'm not sure what are the, are the policies in place to ensure that force is being regulated correctly. So it's always good to tell the public we're looking into it. But if there's actually no sort of like SOP, some standard operating procedure of how we're going to investigate it, of course, if you have your friend who is investigating, he's going to say, good job, he deserved it. But I'm not sure what the oversight is. So, you know, we can tell the public all we want, we're looking into it. But if there's no actual proper things in place to ensure that it is, and also to the supervisor responding, cannot be a supervisor that actually was involved. You have to be a neutral party. So that way you can look at the facts and say, yeah, this shouldn't have happened. You obviously got too far. We need to discipline you. But of course, just like any person, if they know that there's no discipline, they're going to act accordingly. If they know they can get away with murder, then they're more likely to commit murder. So. Yes, and, 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 and Lieutenant, that is exactly why we're having this conversation and we're bringing you in from the NYPD because you're already telling us the best practices that the NYPD would take in a case situation. And I know, Dr. Michael, you're also, you've also been involved with internal affairs. So yes. what are your thoughts? Yes, I, I mean, I totally agree with Mr. George about trust and confidence. It's something I wanted to develop as we went along with the program and... Uh, it, uh, it's yeah so I, I i didn't want to take up too much time on on this question but i totally agree with mr george it's a very important factor in all aspects of policing yeah and that is what we're gonna build on today we're gonna build on you know, how can we create that trust? Because I think we're seeing a deterioration of the trust and the confidence of the citizens of Dominica in the police department. So what are the best practices we can bring into this conversation to ensure that we regain the trust of the Dominican uh, public with regards to uh, trusting the, the police department. So this is why we're having this, this conversation. And let me just mention as well um, that as we're talking about uh, best practices, what we're referring to here are the policies, procedures based on decades of research and practical experience from around the world, which have been shown to be the most effective and most efficient approaches to security protection and other aspects of law enforcement. And as I mentioned before, Lieutenant Commander, you did an excellent job of already telling us about the internal affairs approach that would have been the process in this particular situation. But let us look at best practices from the UK, um, uh, the US, and even within Dominica in your experience, uh, Mr. George, just in terms of every aspect of policing. So for example, the best practices with response to the rights of a police officer to stop you and to interrogate you, to search your vehicle. So let's have that conversation. The, the, let us put this something here. The, Police work, police's work is done through law. So the police does not generally enforce policy unless that policy has gone through cabinet, passage in parliament and the president assents to it. So there's a distinct difference between uh, the work of the police and the public service, for instance. So a permanent secretary may get a policy paper from cabinet, which is also legal and they apply. Um, in most cases, the police work is through a body of law. So the law exists and it does define what has to, to be done and what doesn't have to be done. In Dominica's case, I know that there the exists a use of force policy within the police force, and that was adapted from the United Nations use of force policy for police officers. I know about that because I, I helped to put it together for us in the police force. Uh, we have the police regulations that addresses the issue of discipline. We have the public, the, the, the police service commission regulations that also addresses the issues of discipline because the police service commission has the constitutional authority to discipline police officers. And the, the, the regulations used for that are their own regulations. And in the case of 
constables and corporals, they delegate that uh, responsibility to the chief of police. In other jurisdictions, the chief of police could discipline all the way up to inspector. But in Dominica's case, the, pub, the police service commission does that. So the disciplinary processes are there in place. So, and the internal investigation processes are also there. And like I said earlier, they are applied and they are used. What may be lacking is what we've been discussing and we've been skirting around is how much of that is told to the public to build trust and confidence. That if a complaint is made against a police officer, that it has been addressed and he's found not guilty or he's found guilty. And that has to be told to the public. So they build their confidence. If they believe, if the public believes that the police gets away with everything that is alleged against them and there is no process that it's gone into, then the confidence level is going to go down. The enforcement is going to get harsher because you're going to, you're going to have resistance. If I don't trust you, when you come to me, I'm, going not, I'm not going to cooperate with you readily, and then you're going to have resistance. And that resistance will come in the form of arrest for assault on the police officer, resisting arrest, obstruction, and all that kind of thing. It is because the, the trust level has gone down, and that needs to be worked on. Now, we, another thing we need to put in perspective in Dominica, it is my view presently that the, the police is uh, from the command, they seem to be in some areas discriminating in law enforcement in Dominica. And that is bad. Okay? Um, you have a situation where members of the, the, the ruling regime have made very dangerous statements against people in the opposition. And the police has not paid attention to that. That is serious. But in the case of the opposition, the police has jumped on every case and every instance and arrested people willy-nilly and put them before the court. So there's one particular case I, I want to reference. That is the case where somebody went, not allegedly, they went. There are videos from the government side and videos from Mr. Linton's side where somebody went and dropped a suitcase or allegedly dropped a suitcase, or showing on a video that they dropped a suitcase at his home containing a million dollars and uh, to implicate him in corruption. His home camera captured that. He was not there at the time when that happened. And there was a public video showing that he seemed to have received a million dollars. His home camera, his security camera showed that he did not receive it. It was a setup. The person came and they did, they, 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 they did what they had to do, left with the suitcase. He collected all that evidence and reported to the current chief of police and submitted all the evidence, including the name of the alleged offenders. To this day, he has gotten no response from the chief of police as to the state of that case, a very serious case against a sitting member of the parliament of Dominica. And there are other instances. Okay, so how, and the police sent an investigator and the investigator got into his house and took photographs of his bedroom. But the assailant didn't get into the, okay, so if you did all that, why haven't you returned to the leader of the opposition, a citizen of Dominica, and say to him, I am continuing with the investigation. That is selective policing. And it is bad. And it needs to be condemned. No. So when we, I took it at that level on purpose, because I do not want to bring every instance into play. So I am saying, now get with the prime minister, who now accused members of the opposition and said, wherever they are, 
wherever you find them, at their homes, in their cars, at the churches, on the airport, call them traitors. That is a provocative statement. If you keep calling people traitors, they are likely to get angry and retaliate. That is inciting violence. The prime minister has never been spoken to. He's not immune to prosecution. So at that high level, and we're, not, we're talking earlier on the citizen level, the small man on the road. We're talking at that high level. So if you have rottenness at that high level, you're likely to have it filtered within the general public. And this is why I have, I have been saying consistently that there is a, a need in Dominica currently for confidence building measures in policing so as to gain the trust of the citizenry that are being policed. There needs to be continued education of the citizenry as to their roles, because they do have roles in the state to ensure that there is law and order and there is peace. They are the ones, we the citizens of Dominica, are the ones who must discharge that responsibility in making sure that the state is peaceful. And the police comes on to enhance it. Yes, to, yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to do otherwise, yeah, it's going to anarchy. Yes, thank you. Uh, Lieutenant, you look like you have something you want to add. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to navigate, so I understand mm -hmm. where Mr. George is coming from. There's always, for me, with police departments, whenever um, like a prime minister, a president, or a, a mayor is in charge of the police force, where they, I'm not sure how it works in Dominica, but generally the police commission is going to be appointed by some political figure. And there's always going to be some sort of, um, you know, bias there, right? They expect you to respond the way they want you to respond. So there's going to be a level. It's politics of, and everything. Right. There's going to be some sort of level of corruption. But when we're going back to the basics of how to police on the street, like it should just come down to what crimes were committed and who violated those crimes and how we can bring them to justice. So the politics are always going to be there, but when it comes down to basic policing practices on the street, police officers, I'm not sure what their level of training is, but if if Mr. George is saying that there's some sort of like political corruption there, and so it's causing some bias-based policing, then absolutely, like we're never gonna get proper, like mm -hmm. um, democratic, you know, um, policing going on. It's just gonna be a free fall and, who supports who is who we're going to arrest and who we don't support is who we're not, you know. So that I can't really, that I don't know how we can navigate that in Dominica since everything is, everything is red and blue. Like, mm -hmm. but when it comes down to the basics of someone on the street committing a crime, it still has to come down to it's a citizen and how are we going to treat them correctly regardless of who their political party is. At the end mm -hmm. of the day, when we bring that person to court, and that happens everywhere, right? Again, justices and judges are also appointed by the president or the whoever it is that's in politics. So they kind of rule based on what's expected. But at the end of the day, if the law is on the books, we also have to expect some sort of justice system that's impartial. But mm -hmm. if Mr. George is saying that politics have intertwined in, in policing, there's not going to be any sort of impartial policing. And now we're just going to have you know, a lot of mistrust. Yeah, and, and I think it's a little bit um, more obvious in Dominica because we're such a small society. So there's politics and corruption in just about, you know, every country in the world where, you know, uh, the, the chief of police is appointed by the mayor. There's some connection politically. But I think it stands out a little bit more. It's a little bit more blatant in Dominica because we're such a small society. Uh, Dr. Michael, you wanted to contribute anything? Uh, yes, please. Going back to your question, I don't want to lose thread of your question, which mm -hmm. was about good practice. Yes. And there may be incidents and cases of concern. Um, I don't think that should... Uh, puts in a position uh, of helplessness and hopelessness. Mm -hmm. As I said at the very beginning, Dominica has a constitution. 
Dominica has a police act that defines in detail the roles and responsibilities of the chief of police to maintain good order. Every constable who is attested to the Dominica police force takes an oath of office under the laws of Dominica. Each and every constable, sergeant, corporal, inspector are mandated to do their duty under the laws of Dominica. The, and anyone from the commissioner down who disobeys the laws of Dominica render themselves liable under that same law. It's mm -hmm. just about how we go about it and who goes about it. Absolutely. So it's, so it's not a free-for-all. It's not that one says that or that one didn't do that. The laws of Dominica are on the statute book. Good practice. Mm -hmm. And I think, yes, the go ahead. Good practice. You may be the best trained, and I'm not sure I can say that about Dominica. You may be the best equipped, and I'm not sure I can say that about Dominica. You may be the best supported by the minister and the government. I'm not sure that I can say that about Dominica. But in terms of good practice, you cannot carry on doing what you've always done and expect different results. Mm -hmm. It's crucial now for the leadership of the Dominica Police Force to adopt different cultures of policing under the same laws of Dominica. That means you have to work with the local residents and the citizens and the business people. And you have to listen to them. And you have to engage with them. And you have to engage with groups and organizations. You have to work in partnership with them. And in terms of good practice and engendering the trust and confidence that uh, has already been mentioned, if uh, well, I, I often when I'm talking in Dominic, I often talk about the shopkeeper, the fisher person, um, the farmer, because who, whatever your role, whatever your place in society, you are entitled to the protection under the laws and constitution of Dominica and the commissioner of police and everybody else who gets paid for it, and they're all volunteers, should be given the fisher person, the farmer, the shopkeeper. And I still get too often anecdotal evidence. My livestock's been destroyed. My property's been stolen. I've been assaulted. I have called the police. Mm -hmm. They are not attending. It's such a basic thing. Until we address this basic thing about our police in Dominica, working with all sections of the community. But one of the ways to do it, one of the missing links in Dominica, policing is not only accountable to the minister, and questions about policing is not only for the minister, it's for every elected parliamentarian. The parliamentarians, too many of them. You are listening to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the US and the UK and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. Yeah, a very 
important conversation that we all need to be a part of as it relates to the Dominica police force. Because again, we need better relations. We need to have that trust and that confidence in the police so that we know that they don't only show up when there's a problem, but they're part of building community. They're part of community engagement. So I thought I would bring you a portion of that interview that we did with the police, uh, different members of different policing agencies from Dominica, the UK, and um, Scotland Yard, NYPD. So we had again, uh, Miss Lieutenant Renee Francis from the NYPD. We had Inspector David Michael from Scotland Yard. And we also had retired superintendent, Mr. Nicholas George out of Dominica. And as our featured video for this week, I will go ahead and post the entire interview so you can see all that we talked about. You can hear all that we talked about and you can just be a part of the conversation. So again, at pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-C-1-0.com, you will be able to see the entire interview that we conducted regarding policing, the best practicing practices for policing in Dominica. So here we are at the end of the program. I hope that you found some value in the information. And don't forget, while you're over at Push Past 10, you can always click on the past episodes to take a listen to all the podcasts that we have done of every episode of Untapped Potential. And don't forget to click on the YouTube channel link so you can see all our video interviews, whether they've been on Untapped Potential or they've just been a Facebook Live program that we've done. And so as we approach October, I want to make sure that in October, we feature a lot of our uh, companies, a lot of our associates around the world that are doing good work in the name of Dominica. So you can expect to hear from uh, a few of the associations and just what exactly are they doing in October to um, observe our Creole heritage. Uh, the month of October is recognized as Creole Heritage Month for those of us who consider ourselves Creole people. So you can expect to hear from different associations and of course, November 2nd, November 3rd, oops, <laughs> my apologies. November 3rd is the 44th Independence Anniversary of Dominica. So we will look around and see what programs we can bring you uh, for the month of October to celebrate and to honor Dominica. And if you're on Facebook, don't forget to follow Push Past 10, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0, so you can be a part of the live Facebook uh, pro, uh, programs that we do. And this week, I believe we should have two programs. Uh, I think tomorrow, Wednesday, I will feature a young Dominican who has launched his own water company. Uh, so that should be a good program. And then maybe on Thursday, we will have our very own uh, TDN's uh, Anthony Drago join us because now we're hearing conversations about St. Lucia potentially hosting a Creole, a World Creole Music Festival in October like Dominica does. So it begs the question, so should St. Lucia try to compete with Dominica for a World Creole Music Festival in October? So I think you will find that we have a very divergent points of view. I can already tell that Anthony is on one side of the fence and I'm on the other side of the fence. So I think that is going to make for a great and productive conversation. Because one of the things I think we have to remember is that we can dis disagree respectfully right? So your views and my views do not have to converge. We don't have to have the same views, 
but we can respectfully disagree with other and we can grow from the fact that we disagree with each other. So I hope that you will head on over to Push Past 10 on Facebook and YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you can simply click the subscribe button and the notification so you will always know when we go live and on Facebook, you can simply click the follow button so you can follow us. So again, you can know when we go live. So again, thank you for being here for another episode of Untapped Potential. I look forward to being with you next week, right back here on TDN Radio for Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. And as always, remember that your life story is your strength. The challenges you faced along the way have prepared you for the challenges that you face today. Remember to stay strong, stay active, stay productive, and stay positive. Until we meet again right back here on TDN Radio, you have yourself a productive Thank you.